Okay, are you I'm going? going, baby? Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> see, see, you're already you're already a pro at this. This is not the easiest. I'm going to start my own podcast and put you out of business. Just kidding. Just probably. Kidding. Literally everybody has more listeners than I do and sponsorships, which I have zero. So what? can our company we sponsor you? <gasps> they fucking better. You know what? They're all about like supporting us and our passions and all of our shit. Have you seen like the Yammer community and everybody's like, this is what I do for fun on the yeah. side and everybody's fucking talented when do they as all hell. to write on that either. Also, at- I don't know. I should post one of my episodes and be like, this is what I do on the side. And then I'll get Oh my God. It. Oh, mm-hmm. well. HR would be like, no. Uh, no, banned <laughs> from the, from the Yammer community. Yeah. Zero, zero percent fun. The fun police will show up and, and that'll be the Have you community. posted um, um, Donna and Boo on the pets page? No, but I should. I actually don't even know if I'm like subscribed to the, or like follow the pet page or what. I don't know. I don't know anything about Yammer. Oh, honestly. I don't either. Susie just told me about it yeah Susie <laughs> see like Susie knows shit everybody you remember Susie from last <sighs> week I think when this comes out oh my gosh <laughs> I can't wait to listen Sue's the kid I'm so excited to hear yes her you two together you've got <laughs> it was it was a blast I've had fun with everybody everybody's done so well I'm, I'm very impressed oh right anyway before I forget everyone hi and welcome to oddities <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> and welcome back to strange town I'm Cassie, and today I have with me... Hannah Mavis. Hannah! That's right. We work together, um, although I'm not going to say what company we work for. Although, honestly, anybody could literally <laughs> search for me on LinkedIn and they would find out. So <laughs> Some people probably will, like me, if I didn't know Maybe. You. That'd be cool. Then I'd get excited, right? I'd be like, you, you've had 40 hits on your profile. You're like, all like, right. Oh, Other companies want me. Now, now we're fucking rocking and rolling. Um... Before I forget, as per usual, all of the social media information is linked in the description, and there's a link to the merch shop, and there's still a link to the Patreon, too. Everybody shut up. I'm going to start making bonus content when I can, so <laughs> just please please don't give up on me, and please continue Give her a break. She's so Thank busy. <laughs> She's tired. Oh, well, I mean, hey, what are you doing with all your free time since you're, I hear you're a graduate? I'm not a graduate over. yet, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I officially graduate in December, so but I'm on a little break this summer, which feels nice. So what am I doing for my spare time? I'm packing for our move. <gasps> oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, everybody. Cassie's my new uh, neighbor. Well, my parents' neighbor. Yes, your parents. Yeah, we, we live like, what is it, like 15 or 20 Literally minutes? Literally 15 minutes away from my parents' house. I love that. <laughs> I love that. When you when you are home visiting them, like you better let mm-hmm. me know so we can actually like I I want to fucking meet you in real Absolutely. life. Absolutely. I love that. Oh, how exciting. Um do you want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself or you don't have to. It's only like whatever you're comfortable doing cuz, you know. I Honestly, that. well, there's not much to tell. I am Cassie's coworker. Um we were brought together. <laughs> not much to tell. <laughs> but you're amazing. <laughs> the beautiful Susie Mar. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and our Lord and Savior, our Lord and Savior, Susie Mar. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love her so much. She was, she, you can cut this out if you want to, but she was like, um, 
oh my god have when we logged off today she was like have so much fun I cannot wait drive safely like I literally wish I was there she's genuinely so excited I love her she's such a good fucking person she wanted to be here a three-way FaceTime in dude I we offered I should have we should have just done it anyway I'm like surprise bitch but it's only like 4 p.m there so oh my god she's definitely still working she's gonna be working for like the next eight hours because that's what she's been doing lately on her what four hours of sleep last night god everyone do you hear us in your prayers tonight yeah Susie, are if you're listening just log. Which we know she will be. Of course she will be. She's she's like one of my biggest supporters. Just shut the laptop and just like relax a little, you know, just like, mm-hmm. have, you know, just just calm, calm down. Yeah. So anyway, Hannah, yes, we are co-workers. Hannah's amazing and awesome and, and fantastic and all all good adjectives. So stop and drunk. Well, well soon to be. we're about to be. So that's what's so exciting, everybody. It's a boozy <laughs> episode. And let me see if I can get this to pick up on my mic. I don't I've been purposely holding out. Let's see. Oh, no, it didn't do anything. All right. Well, this is why it's embarrassing. I thought I had a bunch. I'm, I'm at my parents right now for the for the week. And I thought I had a bunch of gluten free beers here. And I was like, really excited. And then like five minutes before we were gonna, like we were going to record and everything, I was like looking and they're not in there. And I found one Mike's hard from my bachelorette party a year ago. And that's Stop. that's what I'm about to drink. <laughs> so, I hope in case like, anybody uh, missed that or accidentally skipped over it, Cassie's drinking a Mike's hard. One a year old Mike's hard from my bachelorette <laughs> party. It's gonna be so gross. That's probably why I didn't make any noise. It's probably like really flat. I don't. I mean, it smells okay. I need a taste test. Uh-huh. Yeah, that tastes okay. <laughs> oh my god, it's like pure sugar. I forgot how sweet this shit was. Anyway, Mike's hard for me and wine for you because you're mature like that. Oh, and there's even little like ice cubes in that shit. I put a couple in and I picked the fanciest glass. That is fucking fancy. Oh my god. Wow, I can't compete with you. You're over there with your wine and I'm like, I've got a year old Mike's hard. So anyway. I have to loosen up quite quite a bit on my end because I'm preparing myself for, <laughs> You're already, for what's coming. You're already cool, calm, and collected. Yes, everybody. So, I mean, everybody can that listens to this can read so you know what this episode is, but you don't know yet because no. I haven't told you. So today we're discussing the very spookala-bookala exorcism of Roland Doe. Oh, wait, this is great. This is great because I don't know this story, but I'm fascinated with exorcisms so i cannot wait that probably sounds bad no we love a good exorcism moment and you know why i love it because in the i'll tell you why i love it in the movies when there are exorcisms going on these people are constantly receiving like the world's best chiropractic adjustments from the demons like i love that shit i love the bones cracking i love the speaking in tongues God, please. I've always wanted to be, like, bilingual. So, for the love of God, if I ever get, like, possessed, I hope it's a demon that can, like, hook me up with, like, speaking in tongues, you know? Oh, no. Oh, that's, like, part... That's the... That is one of the scariest parts, honestly. I mean, the convulsions part. Honestly, though, if... (laughs) You'd probably feel great after your exercise. I would love that. Because you love the chiropractor. I I fucking love the chiropractor. Oh, my God. Well, as long as you don't fart. No. Well, I haven't yet. Knock on wood, but, like... I mean, my life is young. It could still happen. I'm, and I, I really, I keep meaning to ask him, but I get like too shy. Like, 
Has anybody ever farted on the table when he, I'm going to ask him tomorrow. I'm feeling you, bold. Oh, it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. I'm feeling spicy. I, I've had two sips of a, of a year old Mike's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to do something silly. I'm about to get fucking crazy people. All right. So. <laughs> all right. So Roland, well, first of all, actually, I want to ask you, do you like believe in this shit? Or are you like skeptical? Like, where do you sit in terms of exorcisms and and like possession very, and all that? I would say very skeptical. But like the thing, I don't understand it. So, I like not not completely fully. So I feel like I'm I'm skeptical, but I would need to be educated more about it. Okay. But I don't. I well, ask me after you tell the story. After I tell you about Roland. Okay. <laughs> all right. So here we are. It's the late 1940s in the United States. Good, the good old U.S. of A. U.S.A. Okay, and then we have some we have some priests from the Roman Catholic Church. So the fun police are here. Oh, I'm out. Here we are. We're uh, yeah. We're we're already ready to have a great time with these yahoos, and they they perform a series of exorcisms on an anonymous boy, and the, these exorcisms it's all documented under the name of. Roland Doe or Robbie Mannheim. So it's like a pseudonym. And at the time, this boy, well, I guess he was like a young man. He was 14. <laughs> I don't really know what to call it. He was a That's teenager. A child. That's a child. I didn't know fucking any. Oh my God. Just a little side note. I'm packing. I'm going through like the shit at my parents' house and I'm packing and everything for the move. And I stumbled across some pictures from when I was 14. And what the fuck was I doing? First of all, it was like 2006. I think, or like 2000, yeah, 2006. Oh my God. It was so bad. My hair was curly, but I had the flat iron bangs. I had the same thing. It was such a look. When I was in seventh grade. Oh my God. Okay. So I'm a couple years older than you then. All right. So yeah. And so had that going on. I hadn't learned like the fine art of makeup yet. So like I had like raccoon eyeliner going on (laughs) and like my eyebrows were horrendous. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was really... It was a it was a look. So anyway, we're back to this. Our fourteen year old boy was the alleged victim of a demonic possession, and then these events were recorded by this attending priest, Raymond J. Bishop. Which I think it's very funny that he's a priest and his last name is Bishop. I know. I was confused for a second. Uh-huh. I thought you misspoke. I was like, wait a minute. Oh no! It's two sips in, and I'm already you know I'm fucking up my words. No. <laughs> Subsequent supernatural claims surrounding the events were used as elements in William Peter Blatty's 1971 novel, The Exorcist. Mm. Isn't that bananas? So That's crazy. In December of last year, 2021, the Skeptical Inquirer and The Guardian reported that the supposed true identity of this Roland Doe, Robbie Mannheim, whatever you want to call him, was actually Ronald Edwin Hunkler. Uh, and he lived from June 1st, 1935 through May 10th of 2020. So he just passed away like a couple of years ago. Isn't that Holy. crazy? Holy cow. How? Wait, how oh old my. does that make him? 65? Did I do that right? He, abs- wait a minute. No, 1935 to 2020? Oh, wait, no, that can't be right. He's almost he's 100. Like 95, right? Was that fast math? I think 85. 85. Wait. No. Oh, my God. Jesus. Maybe. Wow. All right. Well, Well, 1920, that would make him 100. So minus 15. 85. He was 85. Yes. Please check my work. Wow. That was fucking. I am. I'm checking right now. He was 85. (laughs) 85 years young and probably can do math better than we can. So (laughs) 
It's so sad. Not our day job. <laughs> it's just, no. I'm good with words and then creative. And meanwhile, I'm all on here like, I'm getting my master's in biotechnology and I can't fucking do simple subtraction. All right. So anyway, back, back to our shit. So Roland, Roland was born into a German Lutheran family. During the 1940s, this family lived in Cottage City, Maryland, which is the cutest name I've ever heard in my life. I feel like no one's ever from Maryland either. Sorry, sorry to everybody from I know, seriously, Maryland, like, but that's I, like, order. forgot that Maryland was a state, really, until I went to college there, and I was like, oh, is, like, Maryland exists, <laughs> oh, yeah, you live there. and there's people from here. Oh, there's a nice existence here. This place is okay. This is real. Um, so, so, Roland was, he was an only child, and he, like, apparently didn't have much, like, in the way of friends or anything like that, because he mm-hmm. would, like, basically depend upon adults in his household for, like, playtime and shit. And primarily, this was his Aunt Harriet. And, like, he was tight with Aunt Harriet, right? And mm-hmm. she was, like, a little... She was, like, a little wild, like, a little crazy. She was a spiritualist. Okay. Okay, which I've... I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast. I'm going to do a full episode on it because somebody requested it. I just cool. haven't... I haven't done it because it's going to be a long bitch. Do you know about the spiritualism movement or you want me to give you, like, a quick rundown? Give me a little quick rundown so I'm not confused. In okay. case I think I know what I'm talking about and I don't. For sure, for sure, for sure. So, so there was a period of time. It was like in the U.S., but it was also you know it was abroad a little bit too, and everything like that. It was this. It was like they called it in like the, the burned over region. It was like in upstate New York, and it came, like kind mm-hmm. of up in the New England area. It was like the late eighteen hundreds up through like close to nineteen twenty ish. I want to say, mm-hmm. and it was like this period of time where all of a sudden people became like super interested in like. The supernatural and seances, Ouija boards, like all these, like the upper classes, oh, like they would have like these parties yes. and they would have like psychics there and shit. And, yes. and the whole spiritualism movement came as like a direct sort of like rebuttal to like strict religion and stuff like that, that had like basically taken over for many, many, many years mm-hmm. leading up to that. And then people were like, enough, let's get like crazy. So that yeah. was it. So... <laughs> Let's have some fun. Now. Let's let's get lit and <laughs> talk to some fucking ghosts, okay? Yeah. All right. So, Aunt Harriet was into this shit, and she introduced Roland to a Ouija board when he expressed interest oh. in it. So Roland was all like, "Hey, what's that, Aunt Harriet?" And she was like, "Oh, sit the fuck down, because you're about to learn all about the Ouija board and shit." Wait. Do you wait? Question: Did you do an episode on the Ouija board yet? Yes, one of our earliest episodes was on the Ouija board, okay. and one okay. of our very loyal listeners created this beautiful customized wooden Ouija board for me and for Anna and I have it. It's the coolest thing in the universe. I'm going to, when I oh move, my God. I'm going to frame it. I'm going to hang it in my office. I oh my it. God. Yes. Cause I want to see it on a call. Oh my God. I it's so see cool. It. People be like, what's that hanging behind you? And you're like, what's hanging behind me? Let, uh, me, let, tell let me tell you about my custom Ouija board. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll get fired at the end. So, <laughs> yeah, it's the coolest thing in the universe. Have you ever played with a Ouija board? No, I'm I'm honestly spooked? terrified, and I didn't listen. I didn't listen to your episode on it, mm. so I don't know where you stand. But like, I mean, I think ghosts are absolutely there. So like, I think they're absolutely talk. Like, I absolutely think they work. I don't know about the one that your listener made, dude. It's so I, I don't cool. know if it has to be made a certain way, but they're from Maryland too. They were like made there, like. The, is that so? I don't remember it. Like they point. originated from there, and I'm pretty sure the guy that like owned the built like 
owned the building or brought it up or the guy that mainly had something to do with it, like threw himself off, off the roof or something. Don't Jesus. quote me on that. It's because he lived but in like, Maryland. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm the only person that lives here. No. He's, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to get some Maryland listeners writing and saying it's actually like a pretty nice place. <laughs> I know. I'm going to get a bunch of like hate reviews like that one chick a couple weeks back that was like, I couldn't even get to the topic because the hosts were so intolerable to listen to. Oh, <laughs> like, goodness gracious. Relax. She's on the wrong format of entertainment. God, because... please relax. Yeah, have a year old Mike's heart. You'll feel better. So, <laughs> Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Aunt Harriet right. and the Ouija board. Yeah, so Aunt Harriet's like, giddy on up, partner. We're about to have a good time with this Ouija board <laughs> and, and shit. And so, you know, Aunt Harriet and Roland, like, they hung out and it was all tight. And, you know, they did some, like, wild shit because, like, that was the thing. And it's cool. But then... After Aunt Harriet's death, so she dies, like, bye, that's it for Aunt Harriet, and that's, like, a huge bummer, right? But after her death, the family starts to experience some shit, okay? Now we get some Mm -hmm. spookala-bookala happenings. So Mm -hmm. they start hearing, like, strange noises. Furniture starts moving on its own, so apparently Aunt Harriet became, like, very strong in the afterlife because she's, like, scooting furniture around and shit. I was about to say, she's still there. (laughs) What do you mean she left? (laughs) Yeah. Um... (laughs) And then, like, just, like, regular objects, like vases. Do you say vases or vases? Oh, God, vases. Who okay, says me vases? Too. Okay, first of all, my dad says vases sometimes, oh, and, I, and I want to throw up when he does it, so it's fine. He also says... Have you ever been, like, Dad, why are you pronouncing it like that? Well, I'm such a, like, a schmuck. I'm like, oh, the vase. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm a pain in the ass. He also says foyer. I say foyer because I'm just an uncultured swine. So, anyway... <laughs> Anyway, vases, vases, whatever, whatever floats your boat. They start flying She's around. Breaking them. Mm-hmm. They're levitating. Whatever Roland is nearby. So all this shit happens when Roland's hanging out. And they're like, oh, shit. Like, what's up with oh, Roland? I think it's him. Oh. Okay. So the family turns to their Lutheran pastor. First of all, he's a Lutheran pastor and his first name is Luther. Wait. What's happening really? in this storyline, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is this a fake story? Um, Not entirely. We're going to get to all the fun stuff. So Luther Miles. Right, right, right. Luther Miles Schultz is his full name. And they turn to him for help. And he's like, yes, I'm a pastor and I am Lutheran and I can help you. <laughs> Direct quote. So, well, yes, I am. <laughs> so Schultz, he had long been interested in parapsychology. And he's like, wow, well, this is going to be some shit. So I'm all aboard this train. So he mm-hmm. arranges for the boy, Roland, to spend a night in his home in order to observe him, which first of all, that sounds like some mm. pedophilia shit. Mm-mm. Okay. That and I'm sit right. Like, I'm not going to touch like that whole fiasco because no. okay. But like, time. we don't have, there are <laughs> not enough hours in the day. So anyway, they, they have their slumber party. All right. <sighs> so then, then there's this parapsychologist JB Ryan, and he learns that Schultz claimed he witnessed household objects and furniture moving by themselves in his own home, like home. When Roland was over there. And Ryan, quote, wondered if Schultz unconsciously exaggerated some of the facts, quote. So Ryan was like, all right, this sounds sketch-alleged to me, you know, whatever. So Schultz, um, after this whole thing, he advises the boy's parents to go see a Catholic priest. He's like, okay, I'm Lutheran and apparently I can't do enough. He knows nothing. We We have to go to the big man. We need the true fun police 
up in this bitch. <laughs> so according according to the traditional story behind all this, Roland, he, he undergoes like a number of exorcisms. Like one time wasn't enough. They just were like, yeah, let's just, you know, do this multiple times because why not? So <laughs> Edward Hughes, who was a Roman Catholic priest, he conducts an exorcism on Roland at Georgetown University Hospital, a Jesuit institution. Which is like, mm-hmm. that's like fun for me because my college was a Jesuit institution. Aww. Meanwhile, I'm literally the least religious person in the universe. So I'm surprised when I stepped foot on that campus, it didn't like crack open into like a portal <laughs> to hell. And like all of the priests that taught me in my courses didn't like, I don't know, mm-hmm. burn when I walked in the room. So anyway. And it was in Maryland. And it was in Maryland. <laughs> you know, there was, it, it was a time. So during the exorcism by this Hughes guy, uh, Roland allegedly slips one of his hands out of the restraints, breaks a bed spring from under the mattress, and then uses it as an impromptu weapon. What? <laughs> On the priest? Uh, yeah, he slashed the priest's arm and resulted in the whole exorcism ritual just being like, they're like, okay, we're going to put a pause on this. Cancel. <laughs> like, we're going to call this party off because now, I'll tell you what though, Roland has like big final girl energy in that moment. I'm just saying, yeah, like, he fair. he wasn't fucking around. He's like, you guys have my ass tied up. I'm about to Yeah, wait, yeah, let's ass. cut him some slack. He yeah. probably didn't want that exorcism. He's self-defensing himself. Uh, yeah, I would probably, like, hulk out, too, and just, like, rip this yeah. shit right out of the shit and whatever. So, anyway, they're like, okay, well, this is too heavy, and we don't like the direction this is heading in, so we're going to put a pause on this shit. Mm-hmm. So then the family travels to St. Louis, where Roland's cousin contacted one of his professors at St. Louis University. Um, and and this is this guy, Bishop, who in turn speaks to William S. Bodern, who is an associate of College Church. And together, these two priests... This is like a, like a joke. It's like two priests walk into a bar. No, but like these, <laughs> these two priests visit Roland in his relative's home. So he's staying with his cousin and like his family or whatever. And they go visit... And they allegedly observe the bed shaking on its own, like flying objects again. And then Roland starts speaking in like this guttural voice and he exhibits like an aversion to anything sacred. So now we, now we have our like classic exorcism shit going on, right? Or yeah. possession shit. So Bodern, one of the priests, was granted permission from the archbishop to perform another exorcism. They're like, yeah, this shit's crazy. Like, go for it. So... The exorcism, this is like the, th- the third or third and one. And who's granting these? They don't still do these, do they? Or you're going to tell me. I actually because don't. Who's in charge of deciding of someone? I think the Vatican's like in charge of that shit. Now. Like oh. I think you have to like write to them and like present a case and then they'll be like, yeah. Really? They're like, yeah, okay, you can do this. But I don't know if it's like today, like up to today still a thing. Or if they like called that shit off a few years ago and they're like, enough. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. That's a good question. I, I know nothing. So. It's that Mike's heart. It's the Mike's heart. God, it's so sugary. All right. So the Archbishop is like, yeah, okay, green light. Let's do this shit. So the exorcism mm-hmm. takes place at the Alexian Brothers Hospital in South St. Louis, Missouri, uh, which mm-hmm. was then changed to South City Hospital in later years. So before the next exorcism ritual began, another priest Walter Halloran. So now we're up to three dudes. Goodness. I know. We like just the more the merrier. How many priests does it take to change a light bulb? Yeah, it's a take to do a successful exorcism. So William, nope. 
Walter Halloran, <laughs> whatever the fuck this guy's God, name is at this point. Good luck. If you ask me who everyone's name was at this point, I don't even know if I could tell you the little boy's name. Roland? Well, it's just, uh, Roland, well, we think it's Roland, but then somebody says it's Ronald and we just don't know. So let's go with Priest A, B, and C. So now we're with Priest C. And Priest C is called to the psychiatric wing of the hospital. And he's asked to assist Priest B. Okay. Then another priest, a fourth one, Priest good. D... Whew. Was also there. He also shows up to assist with this shit. So now we got four dudes in with this this boy. A spectacle. Oh God. Okay. Okay. So, um, priest C stated that during this scene, uh, words such as evil and hell, along with like other various scratches and marks and shit, started appearing on the boy's body, <gasps> like on their own, allegedly. So they're just like allegedly, allegedly. So we've we've got like scar tattoos showing up so um allegedly during the litany of the saints portion of this exorcism ritual which means nothing to me fyi but that's fine i don't don't even know what it means it's a part of the ritual okay so the boy's (laughs) mattress starts to shake and then roland the boy breaks priest c's nose during the process Roland? Round roundhouse kick him? Maybe. But he's had enough. Okay. Roland is like, this is enough. There's too many of you. This is just too much. So then Priest C tells a reporter after the rite was over, the anonymous subject of the exorcism, aka Roland, mm-hmm. went on to lead, quote, a rather ordinary life. So after this big hoopla where there's like 85 priests in the room, now he's all good and we're, you know, we're good. And Roland has a very normal life and he lives to 85. Uh-huh. Right? I know. So now, now I have a little portion here about investigations and some explanations because. Yeah, no. Yeah. I need, I need both of those. I, I personally do not really believe in possession. I don't really believe in like exorcisms and shit like that. I think that if there's somebody that's exhibiting these signs, chances are they're actually suffering from like some, some sort of mental illness. And it's just like, yes. That's what I'm thinking, and I feel like maybe the stories we've heard in the past have been exaggerated a bit. There was, like, I feel like a huge uptick in, like, the early 1900s and shit like that when, like, the spiritualism movement was going on, and then, like, there were still, like, in some areas, these, like, very religious people, and they're like, oh, my child or whoever's, like, they're, like, a little off. Like, they're having some issues, whatever. Like, they've got to be possessed and shit, and it's like, all right, well... Hold on a second. And we've covered... Yeah. <laughs> and we've covered some other exorcisms on the podcast. And, like, a lot of times it's... They've had, like, some sort of trauma in their childhood and shit like that. And it's like, well, okay. Like... And it's not like they, they ever did anything about mental health, like, in the past. Like, to maybe take a look. Maybe something's actually up. And they immediately jump to they're possessed. Yeah. And at this time, if you did have, like, a mental illness and, like, you know, you were diagnosed or whatever, you ended up in fucking terrible conditions at these like mental hospitals and everything it's like really just like a hot mess so anywho in in his 1993 book possessed the true story of an exorcism author thomas b allen offers the consensus of today's experts that this subject roland robbie whatever the fuck you want to call him (laughs) was just a deeply disturbed boy and there was nothing supernatural about him what I feel like Harriet was hanging around for a good bit, but then when he started like firing back in a scary way, do you, do we think it's like 
Maybe it's just because four priests were like all up in his business. Look, yeah, in my mind, I think it's a it's a handful of things. You have this boy who was clearly like pretty lonely, like didn't have friends as a kid. Yeah, he was like very attached to Harriet, and then Harriet dies. Harriet dies, and he obviously has emotion to deal with. Yeah, and then shit starts happening only around him, and it's like, okay, well maybe he started like acting funky because of all this because he was grieving and he didn't know fucking. He couldn't relate to anybody else and, like, you know, whatever. And then he starts doing shit around the house and, like, some, like, really smart trickery and, and shit like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then they start fucking sending him to hospitals. And then there's, like, 85,000 priests in the room with him. And it's like, Jesus, can we just cut? This kid was 14. Let's cut mm-hmm. him some slack. Like, I don't believe for a second that this dude was actually possessed. No. No. Harriet so, could have been hanging out, maybe. I don't know, but that was my initial thought until things started to get like a little violent. I was like, she wouldn't, she wouldn't be hanging out. No, Harriet was like, life. I think a crazy bitch, but I don't think she was like crazy in that aspect. You know? No, I think she was just a good time and a little funky. Exactly. She just wanted to hang out with him and have fun. So right. that's why when things got violent, I was like, well, maybe that's not her. Maybe right. it's something else. Exactly. There's another author who studied this. His name's Mark Op. Op- Oh, nope. Obsosnik? Oh, Jesus. Anyway, he questions a whole lot of the supernatural claims associated with this story. And he pres- he proposes that Roland Doe was just... And this I don't know that I agree with, but he says that he was a s- simply a spoiled, disturbed bully who threw deliberate tantrums to get attention or to get out of school. Um, I don't think so. Why are we calling him a bully? Why are we doing that? Are they accrediting that because he doesn't have many friends, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. I don't like that. I think Mark's just talking out his ass. So, um, Mark Obsosnik, he reports that priest, I don't know, this is either priest B or C at this point. They're all a blur. (laughs) But he, who was present at the exorcism, never actually heard the boy's voice change. And he thought the boy merely mimicked Latin words he heard the clergyman say, rather than gaining a sudden ability to speak Latin. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, I, th- that's what I want to hear. I want to hear, since there are four priests in the room, obviously, like, four stories would need to line up. So, like, what actually went down in that room? Yeah. And I want to, like, are there, what year was this again? This is, we're in the 40s. They didn't specify, like, an exact year for this. <clears throat> were there photographs back then? Because, like, what, like, things just appear on his body? Or, were, like, was there some mischief happening in that room and there was, like, a weapon of some sort? Like, so, what, what actually? You're going to tell me. So this guy, this author, also reports that he, um, or that when the marks were found on the boy's body, none of the priests, like, checked under the boy's fingernails to see if maybe he just made the marks on himself. Like, yeah. they didn't check for, like, blood under the nails or anything like that. And then this guy also questions the story of the attempts to exercise the boy and his subsequent injury, or like, oh, right, okay. So the one who, I don't know if this is the priest whose nose got broken, or like the whole thing with like the... Pre-C. The, I think he I broke pre-C. I think nose. this is pre-C. Um, like the, the story about like <clears throat> his attempts to exercise the boy and then like his, his nose break or whatever, mm-hmm. um, saying that the, the author said he could not find evidence that any kind of that episode had happened at all. So there's not even a report okay. that, like, meanwhile, they're in a hospital, so, like, the, the priest definitely would have gotten, like, treatment for his nose or something. Yeah. And there would be. That's not something you can lie about. Like, that's either happened or it didn't happen. Right. So during his investigation, this this author of Sassnick, he discovered 
that the exorcism did not take place at 3210 Bunker Hill Road in Mount Rainier, Maryland, uh, because the boy never lived there. His actual home was in Cottage City, Maryland. So that's like one fact that had come up earlier. I think I, I don't know if I mentioned it, but this was like in like, I guess, a report or something. Mm-hmm. So they had the place wrong. Then <clears throat> it was found that much of the commonly accepted information about this story is based only on hearsay and is not truly documented and was never fact checked. And there's no evidence that Father E. Albert Hughes, boy, nope, Priest C, visited the boy's <laughs> home um, or had him admitted to Georgetown Hospital or requested that the boy be restrained at the hospital or that he attempted an exorcism of the boy at Georgetown None Hospital. None of that was recorded? None. There's no evidence of it. Um, so and- wait, did, did, did you just actually make up this story dude wouldn't that be great no this is this is what exists on the guy and like then and there's no record of like the injury where he came after him with like the bed spring or whatever either yeah yeah uh there is ample evidence refuting claims that father hughes suffered an emotional breakdown and disappeared from cottage city after all this so according to this obsassnik individuals connected to the incident were influenced by their own specialization so we're gonna go We're going to go with this. So to psychiatrists, the boy suffered from mental illness. To priests, Mm -hmm. this was a case of demonic possession. You know, tomatoes, tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tomatoes, tomatoes. So to writers and film and video producers, this was a great story to exploit for profit. I was just about to ask you this. I'm thinking of like three different plot lines right now that I feel like I've seen on TV. Yeah, this is every like possession and exorcism movie wrapped in one. Those yeah. involved with all of this saw what they were basically trained to see. So each purported to look at the facts, but found just the opposite was true. In actuality, they manipulated the facts and emphasized information that fit their own agendas, basically. So yeah. if we're looking at this in an unbiased fashion, it's a whole lot of shit. So Obsasnik writes that after he located and spoke with neighbors and, and supposed childhood friends of the boy, even though none of them supposedly existed... Um, he concluded that the boy had actually been a very clever trickster who pulled pranks to frighten his mother and to fool other children in the neighborhood. There's a skeptic, Joe Nickel, and this guy, he's like, he's like a famous skeptic, which by the way, like I wish, can I have that as my job? Like, (laughs) how does one become a famous skeptic? Yeah, what, do they have those? Well, a lot of people probably nowadays, but back then it was probably scandalous. Or is this now? Someone has this title currently. Joe Joe Nickel, I think, is like pretty like modern. He's with like today's okay. times. I'm pretty sure wow, <laughs> the yeah. word is totally slipping my mind that I'm looking for. He's pretty hmm. uh, contemporary. Contemporary. Okay. So anyway, he writes that there was quote simply no credible evidence to suggest the boy was possessed by demons or evil spirits, and this guy maintains that the symptoms of possession can be childishly simple to fake. He dismisses suggestions that supernatural forces made any kinds of scratches or markings or words appear on the, like, the teenager's body <clears throat> in rather unreachable places, saying, quote, a determined youth, probably even without a wall mirror, could easily have managed such a feat if it actually occurred. Although the scratched messages proliferated, they never again appeared on a difficult-to-reach portion of the boy's anatomy. On, mm. on one occasion... The boy was reportedly seen scratching the words hell and Christ on his chest by using his own fingernails. 
I don't know if it would be that clear if it was act- if it was actually demonic. Like, I feel like that's almost something like a movie would make up. I just have to say, like, if demons can spell that well, like, <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, these I things, don't think these things if they're going sp- out of <laughs> speak all these languages. I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. If they're going out of their way to to join up in all this hoopla, they're not going to write Christ on his chest. Like, come on. No, if I have was more fun with it. <laughs> if I was a demon, literally the last thing that I would focus on is getting some kid to write hell and Christ on his own chest. Exactly. He can doodle that on his like notebook in school. Like, that's not fun. Like, you're, like, you're telling me you're this all-powerful entity, and mm-hmm. this is how you're spending your time and efforts? Like, come on. Where are our priorities? Exactly. We're supposed to be wrecking shit. We're supposed to be causing all kinds of shit, and this is what we're doing. So, and yeah, question: Did yeah. anybody ask Robbie Roland, like, how <laughs> he felt? I think they were just like afraid of him, so they were like, "Okay, well, this kid's possessed." Like, let's no just... one was like, "Hey, Ronnie, what do you think is wrong?" And he's just like, "I don't know." And he's like, like, "Hell, Christ, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know." I think they just like they were like, "Wow, this kid." Well, it sounds like his family was pretty religious, right? Because, like, right off the bat, they're like, we're going to go to our pastor. And, like, the, you know, so yeah. I don't even know that they really gave a shit what this kid They didn't thought. even care about what he, he thought about himself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, basically, a long story short, nothing that was reliably reported in the case was beyond the abilities of a teenager to produce on his own. And the tantrums, like, trances, the moved furniture... These objects that flew across the room like they could be hurled, the automatic writing, superficial scratches, and like all these other phenomena were just the kinds of things that somebody of this kid's age could actually accomplish, just as others have done like beforehand and like since this point. And the elements of like poltergeist phenomena or like spirit communication Mm -hmm. and demonic possession, taken both separately and especially together as one progressed to the other, suggests nothing so much as like a heavy level of role-playing and, like, trickery. Yeah. Pretty much. So, the skeptic also dismisses stories of the boy's, like, uh, massive strength, saying he showed nothing more than what could be summoned by an agitated teenager, and, like, criticized popular accounts of the exorcism for what he termed a stereotypical storybook portrayal of the devil. Which I believe. I'm like, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Well, maybe, A, maybe he was just sad, lonely, bored, or like maybe into pranks. And he was just like a trickster. Yeah. And this is the definition of fuck around and find out because he's dicking off. And then all of a sudden they're like, priests. He's like, I've been pushed too far. I think I'll be okay for the rest of my life. Yeah. And and now I'll go on to live an ordinary life until I'm 85. So let's just take a quick look here. At the origin of these claims. Like, where this all fucking stems from. Yeah, yeah. So, mid-1949, several newspaper articles print that this, like, these anonymous reports of an alleged possession and exorcism. The source for the reports is thought to be the family's former pastor, so Luther Miles Schultz. (laughs) I remember that one. He's Lutheran. Luther the Lutheran. (laughs) According to one account, a total of, quote, 48 people witnessed this exorcism Nine of them Jesuits. You mean to tell me that there was actually like over, <laughs> there was like nearly 50 people in this room? How yeah. did we, how did we go from like four priests to all of a sudden we have 50 people witnessing this shit? Yeah, well, and if that was the case, where is, where are all their reporting? Yeah. Where's all the evidence? Where, where's that. the, where's the photography? There were cameras at this time. Like where are the notes? Where's any of this shit? So 
According to author Thomas B. Allen, the Jesuit priest, Father Walter H. Halloran, I think this is priest like D at this point, I don't know, but anyway, <laughs> was one of the last surviving eyewitnesses of these supposed events, and, and he participated in the exorcism. Allen writes that a diary kept by attending priest Father Raymond J. Bishop detailed the exorcism performed on the, you know, this kid, Roland Doe mm-hmm. or Robbie or whatever. In 2013, Allen emphasized that definitive proof that the boy known only as Robbie was possessed by malevolent spirits is unattainable. And according to Allen, Halloran also, quote, expressed his skepticism about potential paranormal events before his death. So this priest is like on his deathbed and he's like, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> it's like, I might as well come clean now, just in case. He's like, now is a better time than ever. I made all of this shit up. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Peace. So when asked in an interview to make a statement verifying that the boy had actually been demonically possessed, Halloran responded saying, quote, no, I can't go on record. I never made an absolute statement about the things because I didn't feel I was qualified, quote. So that's just like a little like cop-out way of being like, this is He's bullshit. He's a priest, right? Yeah, right. I'm not qualified. Dude, you literally study this shit for like a living. What do you mean you're not is qualified? Isn't he the one whose last name's Bishop too? Or is that a different This one? is Halloran. Bishop, oh, Bishop I think, was, was priest B. <laughs> <laughs> for bishop to any fucking priest anyways he's qualified as fuck so like that's that's bullshit so so he was like a little pansy bitch on his deathbed and he was like i i don't feel good about it also i don't know goes, bye and then he dies so I, i'm tight tight he goes to sleep yeah i'm no one will ever know. tuck me in let's call it a night let's call it a life i'm done it's yeah. over and that's that's it that's the exorcism of roland doe in essence it's a whole load of shit in my opinion yeah, no, you. I'm happy I told you to come back to me at the end because that's a, I don't believe it for one second. I think there was a little bit of exaggeration along the way. I think the kid was a little bit of a prankster and you should just like let him be. Like there was probably a little maybe mental health there, but like he was not possessed by a demon. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think we had like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I think Aunt Harriet was like, look. Like, Ouija boards are fun. And the, probably, I bet any money the whole family was like, wow, Aunt Harriet's, like, kind of an outcast. Like, whatever. Then the boy, like, this shit, he's, he doesn't know how to deal with her death. So then he starts acting out. And then they're like, okay, let's get our pastor up in this bitch. And then the pastor's probably like, this is my golden ticket to, like, some fucking attention. I'm going to call in, like, the Roman Catholic priest. and then I'm going to call everybody. I'm going to call four of my closest priest friends. And they're going to come in exactly on this it. with me. You know what the real root of this is? It's that nothing ever happens in Maryland. So the second that something potentially happened in Maryland, they were like, holy shit. And they fabricated the whole thing. That's it. So, well, they were like, this is, this is it. All aboard the gravy train. Or Roland, or whatever the fuck the guy's name was. like Exactly. They don't even have his name right. No, they're like Roland Doe, Robbie, Ronald. I don't know. There was like 85 names for this kid, so. That's insane. That's it. That's the long and short of it. He's, yeah. I don't think I ever knew that, like, I know of, like, like I said, several, like, movies and stuff and, like, different exorcism stories throughout history, but I never heard of that one. Mm -hmm. And it kind of makes me mad that they just didn't. (laughs) <laughs> they probably put this kid through so much shit. <laughs> I know, and he didn't even get famous off of it. No, exactly. I know, and actually, supposedly, like I said at the beginning, like this was inspiration for like the novel The Exorcist, which then goes yeah. on to become The Exorcist, like big Huge. shit. And so you mean to tell me like 
the inspiration for this shit. And then they're just like, no, we're not going to actually, you know. Let's not give this kid credit. He, he, yeah. He didn't go through enough. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's in permanent scars on his body, allegedly. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Because demons have nothing better to do with their time. (laughs) I mean, seriously. So, yeah. Oh, yes. I don't know if if you've heard, like, early on in the show, like, I only refer to demons as demons. Like, I'm like a Southern Baptist. I don't know why, but that's what the... It's never demons. It's only demons. Wait, that's so funny because on the another another podcast I listen to, because I do listen to your podcast, even though I hadn't heard all of the episodes yet. Yes, including yes. Including the Widget Board one. But I have a couple on my list that, like, I actually... Every... T- like I was telling you earlier, every topic you cover, I'm like, yes, oh, I'm interested you. in this. You have a good variety. I'll give you that. Thank you. Variety's um, the spice of life. <laughs> literally, because, you like, it's it's everything. Like, I don't... I can't even call it, like, a true crime podcast. It's because it's everything, like... The everything interesting. It's anything odd. Anything odd. There you go. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But, but um, I don't even remember where I was going with that. Oh, you've heard on podcasts. Oh, <laughs> this other podcast I listen to calls them Damons. Damons. <laughs> I like and that I better think than they're up in New England, so I think <laughs> they're just opposite accents. So oh my god! I love it. I mean, I think. I believe in, I think ghosts exist. I don't know what your your stance, like, I feel like to some capacity, but like, I don't, I don't think demons are just like, (laughs) I don't think they're bored enough that they would want anything to do with like our lives. (laughs) Right? Like if you like hang out with the Bible for five seconds, they're like, demons are these all powerful ancient beings that can like really fuck shit up. And you mean to tell me a demon is going to pick a 14 year old boy and have him write words on himself. Like, really? That's what we're going to do? Because if that's yeah. the case, I'm not afraid of them at all. Like, bring Exactly. It. Bring bring that the fuck on. I, yeah. there, there are worse humans walking the earth right now. Big time. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. It, this is, I mean, it's just like, if the worst thing a, a demon can do is make a kid write on himself or, like, break a, pe- a priest's nose or, like, I don't know, pull out a spring and, like, slash an arm with it. Like, come on. I mean, we had, like, Jack the Ripper. Come on. Like if if I'm if I'm a demon, I want to look at somebody and make them explode. Like I'm gonna do some crazy shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, some human combustion shit. Well, sure. Which which is actually an episode that I know you covered. That I, I it's on my list. Love that it's an episode. Old one, I think. Yeah, I that's think one of our earlier ones. Mm-hmm. It's on my list. Spontaneous human combustion, baby. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. Well, I actually have a question for you that I was meaning to ask earlier, and I think it, it escaped me, but. And I don't know what your first episode was, but in the you cut this out if you want to. This okay. is me being genuinely curious. Okay. <laughs> um, what actually like got you? Like I know you said this is your favorite hobby, favorite ha- pastime. Yeah. Like, what actually got you? Like what was like the story or the weird fucking thing or like the oddest thing that like got you actually into this genre? Not the podcast, but I guess, like, your fascination in general. You know, I actually don't know that I could tell you. It's just, like, my whole life, this has just been something that I've been into. And, like, I love... This is going to make me sound so fucking morbid, but I love death. Like, I love learning about death. I love thinking about, like, the possibility of what is our afterlife. Is there an afterlife? Like, you've Mm -hmm. probably heard me say it, like, a million times over. I'm not afraid of dying because Mm -hmm. here's my logic on that. 
either whatever's waiting for us has got to be better than all of this, or there's nothing, and at that point I'm dead, so I can't even process the fact that there's nothing. Well, and that's the thing. If I'm ever, I mean, after you're dead, like, I don't know what there would be. I mean, the dying aspect itself, I can see it being scary. But, like, after that, you don't have a brain. So, like, what, so it's like, <laughs> why you know, does it matter? So, to me, like, I'm not afraid of it because it's like, well, okay, either whatever's going on is better than this because this, it can't get much worse. It, it, this can't be it. Like, it, this, can, this cannot <laughs> this be cannot it. This cannot be it. <laughs> or I'm dead and if there is nothing, like, my brain will cease to function and it won't really matter and la-di-da and that's it. Exactly. So I, it's a whole bunch of things. I love death. Mm-hmm. I just like ever since I was a kid, like I love ghost stories. I love like on things that you can't explain, but I love trying to explain the unexplained, which is why I'm studying yeah. science. You know, I studied forensics for a while. It's, it's like a whole compound of a million things. And I was just like hanging out and I was like, oh, I want to start a podcast. Like, I think this could be really fun. I want somebody like to do it with me because I think it's more fun if you have somebody to like talk about like instead of me just talking about this shit and so and so I brought up the idea to Anna and she's like yeah let's try it and then we tried it and then that's how this but like my interest in all this stuff I couldn't tell you where it comes from it's just like this natural thing to me but when we both know you're a presenter at heart well I am (laughs) doing what you do best That's, that's it the presenter's here that's awesome. Anna was, I, I mean, I know, I know she's on, on the podcast right now, but that's awesome that she was also down to do it. So you had some, I mean, even like this though, anybody, like a guest, whoever, as long as you have someone to tell the story to, because yeah. that's what matters. You enjoy telling it and researching it and learning. You can't yeah. fucking stop learning. Right. I cannot shut that shit off at all, <laughs> but at least this learning's free compared to right. my four degrees. <laughs> but, it's, <laughs> but it's, yeah, I don't know. To me, it's just a blast. So I, you know, I just love doing it. And I, you know, to me, I think that probably about 99% of this shit can be explained. And you, you guys see that like throughout the episodes, one way or another, we typically find an explanation more times than not. There are some times where we've sat here and I've been like, I don't fucking know. Maybe like in terms of where I sit on the spectrum, I'm more, I'm more firmly planted in the skeptic region, but I call myself like an open-minded skeptic because this world is yeah. so fucking weird and there's like so many unanswered things out there that I'm like, oh, oh yeah. maybe, you know, I don't it, know. I I would firmly place myself right next to you in that. Yeah. In that I'm, I tend to question most things, but I will open my mind to like any sort of side or explanation or like I will hear it out. Yeah, it's like, and I'm never going to make fun of somebody for like who genuinely believes in this stuff. Like that's cool. All the power right. to you. Like, whatever. And I think it would be, like, foolish of me to sit here and be like, none of this is real. There's no fucking way. Like, blah, blah, blah. Because we literally, Jesus Christ, we don't even know what it, what it's at, like, the bottom of, like, the, the deepest depths of the ocean. We don't know. Like, we don't know shit. percent of what's in the ocean. You, ooh, ooh. I'm sorry if a listener sent this in, but I have a suggestion. Could you please do something about how the deep ocean, like, we have no idea what the fuck is down there dude for sure you should listen i covered one episode about like strange noises in the ocean but like mm-hmm. i would love to do more because i guarantee there's all kinds of weird fucking shit that we're just strange like... noises in the ocean yeah this was an early one also this goes back a little bit and i can't remember what 
it's called, what the episode's called at this point. But I covered like a whole slew of weird things. And then we, we worked, I think, the little sound bites in, if I remember correctly. So Aww. that's fun. But yeah, so anyway, that answers that. I, how did you get interested in this shit? Like, what's your deal? Well, and I probably should have had an answer to that before I asked you. I thought of that. Oh, that's okay. I was like, shit, she's probably going to ask me now. Oh, well, I can cut this out then. You don't have to answer. Uh, well, honestly, I'm trying to think back to when... I think I was always interested in it, and when podcasts became a thing, I was like, oh, well, it's way easier to listen to other people tell this stuff to me in, like, a story than, like, me actually <laughs> doing the research myself. It but takes it, time. I don't – it must be, like, a little morbid piece of me that, like, is just <sighs> interested in, like, anything weird or anything true crime-related. Honestly, when I do think back, and I think – I think you covered this in an episode when I think back to probably the thing that like fascinated me like so long ago was the black Dahlia. Okay. Murder. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I was just like, what? It, I was just like, what in the fuck? Like someone with a human was cut in half. Like people are evil. This is fucked up. Like, Dude. but like, I want to know more. <laughs> I know people are fucking monsters <laughs> and vile. And yeah. And I think everybody has a little bit of that morbid curiosity. Right. And I just kind of, I feel like I just kind of leaned into it from like little things here and there or like, just like the, like how you said the unexplainable shit. Mm -hmm. Like I want to, like, I want to know about that. Like I want to try to figure it out. I need something to think about on top of the million other things that are going through my mind. (laughs) There you go. Let's add to it. Yeah. It does make my problems seem less significant though. When I think about all the fucked up shit that happens out there. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, listen, guys, it could always be worse. You could always be a 14-year-old boy surrounded by 85 priests. Exactly. You you could be the plot from The Exorcist. (laughs) Things could most definitely be worse. That's it. Um, Yeah. That and then, like, like weird shit. Like, I think one of the, like, lobotomies, mm -hmm. sign me up. Abandoned Mm -hmm. shit, sign me up. Like, Mm -hmm. just, like, anything kind of out there. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. People like, I mean, people just like weird shit. I'm one of the yeah. people that likes hey. weird shit, you know? Hey, that's why I listen. Hell yeah, and I think that's why everybody <laughs> else listens. The odd fans are, like, the coolest, okay? I <sighs> I think I say it on almost every episode, but, like, Oddities listeners are cooler than all the other listeners for all the other podcasts, and everybody can kiss my ass that tries to say Hell otherwise. Yeah. So I'll drink to that. Hell yeah. I finished, I finished my year-old mics. You I'm mean out. you didn't have two of those puppies lined up? There was only one left. This was it. This is what I could find oh, in the shit. depths of the refrigerator. <laughs> that was the only thing. I know. Isn't shit. that so sad? So it was, um, uh, you know, on it on the bottle it says more refreshing than ever. And I'm going to have to just like very strongly disagree. This this tasted like a sugar coma. <laughs> no, fuck that. Um, my dad literally will drink a, like, you know, Smirnoff. Mm-hmm. yeah you know they get iced he will literally drink like they make them in like the normal bottle size like that and yeah. then they make them like in a bigger size he would just drink a grape one i'm like dad you're gonna have like a heart attack what or the something. hell that's just wild. He's like i love these sips on them wow. Man drink wow any anything though whatever floats this boat i <laughs> i wish i was out in pennsylvania at the moment because when we found out that we got our house i bought this like organic margarita mix and it's so fucking good and i made an Shut amazing up. margarita for myself the night we found out and it was like a blast that's when i wrote to you and i was oh. like i'm drunk 
Oh my God. When I did a drive by past yes. your house, well, not an actual drive by, when I drove by your <laughs> When I drove by your house and stoked yes. out the neighborhood, yes, and thank pictures. you. It sent me the world's cutest pictures. It's like suburbia to a T. It's the cutest fucking. There were shit. kids playing wiffle ball down the street, guys. And, She's and be like in a safe neighborhood bunnies. These people mm-hmm. don't know what the fuck's coming for them. When my happy ass rolls up, they're gonna be like, "What <laughs> with your the margaritas. hell?" With my mar- my organic margaritas, dude. Wait, I also, my favorite thing was that when you guys did get drunk, when you found out you got the house, mm-hmm. which I was just listening, I think one of your last two episodes, and you're like, we're going to find out if we got the house. And I was like, oh, they got it. They got it. If it hasn't been announced yet. Oh my God. Well, plot <laughs> twist. I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident we didn't get that house. But, oh, oh, from that time. Yeah. But we probably, I think it's the one after we got, so. Yes. So, well, at this point, you all know you. It's fine. You're caught up because this comes out in August, so it's all good. We'll have moved in at this point. Oh my god! Oh my god! Congrats. How exciting! Thank you. I hope we like congrats it from the past. Yeah, I'll, hopefully, I can say congrats in person because I, I do visit my parents from time Dude, to time. But you fucking better. We'll have organic margaritas. Okay. Yes. yes. If you're wondering, oh no, this comes out August 14th. This comes out the day before <gasps> we move in. <gasps> I hope it goes well. How oh my exciting. God. I hope you have the best first day in the house ever. Thank you. Oh, but what I was saying, the night you celebrated and you guys yes. got drunk, Cassie, yes. Cassie texted us. She goes, oh, we got so drunk when we went to Red Robin. <laughs> <laughs> that was our celebration. We got lit and we had, we had Red Robin delivered. Which is the best. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> it was the combination of Red champions. Robin. The ultimate celebration. Red Robin's Truly. what it's at, man. Truly. Yeah. I, I'm a big supporter. Big time. Um, wow. All right. Well, we went for a ride right here at the end. But, <laughs> you know, everybody, write in. I love to hear what you think. If you think this is legit or not so much, like, write on, you know, social media, email. I've got the email in the description, too. If you want to share in of your, like, your stories or other topics you'd like me to cover, like, have at it. I love hearing from you. And I can't say it enough. <laughs> and do you want do you want to say the closing? No, I can't. You have to do it. You want me to do the whole thing? Yeah. All right, I'll do the whole thing. Are you? <laughs> oh, you got so I'll, shy there at the end. I'll, ch- right. I'll chime in. Okay. All right. Okay. Are you ready then? No. Jesus. All right. Un- <laughs> until next time. Stay strange. Stay, stay strange. <laughs> All right. Great. <laughs>